Welcome to another episode of Grinds My Gears. I am Ashton Nimdari, and thank you for coming back. Today we have an awesome friend of mine, Corey Fernandez. But before we get to that, head over to AshtonMdariMMA.com and buy your Nobody Cares Work Harder gear. Enter discount code BROWNPRIVILEGE. Get yourself some of this privilege and you get 10% off. So head over, buy some shit, and support the cause. Now we have Corey Fernandez, a good friend of mine. <clears throat> we played uh, football back in the day. Seems like a long ass time ago because we're old shits now. Uh, but uh, Corey Fernandez, owner of Training for Warriors Mississauga, one of the best clubs in Mississauga for fitness and group fitness and personal training. And he's an amazing trainer, coach, uh, former CFL uh, tryouts, uh, all Canadian uh, wide receiver, right? You play wide out, right? Wide receiver. Uh, and uh, amazing athlete and transitioned to coaching is doing a phenomenal job now. And thanks for coming on, brother. I'm excited, man. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. <clears throat> you know what gets me excited when I open your fucking Instagram every morning and this guy is just like, what's up, Warriors? But you see, I, I can't pull that shit off because I don't have like that deep black guy voice, right? <laughs> so I can't, I can't pull that off. I can't pull off one of those things, but you can pull it off, so. This, this is how you do it. You, you, you turn on the camera and you go, what's up, Warriors? Yeah, see, I can't do that. I can't do, I can't do that. I, I have to, like, mentally prepare. Even if I turn on the camera, I can't, I can't just, like, my brown ass can't do that. It's, 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 well, I've been doing it. I've been doing, like, I mean, we've had the gym now. This is our sixth year in business. So, like, that's literally just been my thing, like, for, like, six years from doing Facebook Lives in our videos or with our gym community, we say Familia. So I'll always be like, what's up, Familia? So it's like, I don't even think about it until I seen that you messaged me that. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. no, it's, it's catchy. Like, um, <clears throat> there's these guys, I watch their podcast all the time, the Hodge Twins. Uh, these, and uh, they got these like deep Texas voice and they, they always start their podcast and they're like, yeah. But I'm just like I can't do that. I wish I could. My voice is too high. Like back in the day when I was when I was playing high school, uh, football as the team captain and shit. And you know you do all the hyping up. And people are like, Ashton, you can't hype up. Your voice is too high pitched. I'm like, fuck you. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I wanted to. It's good to have you on today. I wanted to talk about fitness, man. That's what me and you do. Uh, it's what we're passionate about. Um, and you know. This last year and a half has been a piece of shit for fitness, to put it politely. Um, so as, a, as one of the bigger gyms in Mississauga doing what you do, how did that kind of, um, how did it affect you? And how did you, were you able to still stay in business, still operate, um, and still provide quality service to people given, well, basically the attack on fitness, for lack of a better yeah. Yeah, man, it's been tough, right? So it's, I think it's now like, what, 16 months, 17 months? Like, it's been a long time since fitness was allowed to just be something that's normal, right? So, like, I can say, like, in those first, um, those first three months of, like, of April, May, like, that period of 2020, like, that was like, whoa, like, I think everybody was scared. I was scared. I didn't know what the hell was, was going on. No, no one's ever experienced it. At first, it was like you thought it was the zombie apocalypse shit. Like, you're just like, oh, people are going to start dropping in the streets. That, that At least that's what I thought. My zombie plan, I have a zombie plan, just so you know. So I was like, I, <laughs> I was ready to play. Ready, like, I, was, I was ready I, to play in the place. 
And I was like, I was all for, you know, closing down. I was like, Hey man, let's keep people safe. Let's close down for these next two weeks. And like, let's do what we got to do. But obviously we know where that goes and that's 18 months to whatever we are down the road that I just cannot believe it's been that, but man, those first three months, that's like 60% uh, loss in business. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, again, like I appreciate you saying, Hey, you know, you guys are one of the best programs in Mississauga and all that stuff. You are, you are, you are. it's plain and simple. You are. And that's what we believe. And that's what we try to do for everybody to, to experience it. And, you know, those first three months of um, 2020, were like all time records and sales and just the amount of members we had like 234 members. We we're just like, we we're like, wow, like yeah, this you're, is, you're not amazing. the first person to tell me that you're not the first gym owner to tell me that, that they were blowing shit out of the water late 2019, early 2020, because yeah. to be quite honest, that, there was a boom. Fitness was catching hey, on. Yeah. It was, uh, you couldn't turn on your television and not see politicians talk about, People get more physically active, eat right, all that shit, and all, all all time high, all time high, and then boom, it's like slam the brakes right on it, right? Yeah. So basically, for us, it was, and, and like even in my own unique situation, like we've grown quite substantially. Where like again, I I'm a I'm a owner, like I don't coach every single class. So yeah. we had the privilege of us growing, and I brought on amazing people to our staff where we hired uh, two full-time employees in October of 2019. And then we hired uh, a full-time employee uh, also in January. So part of my situation was like, yes, I'm very scared of what's going on, but I was more scared of like, man, I just got people to leave their frigging careers and they got family. You know what I'm saying? They got family that's counting on them to provide. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, Am I going to be able to like provide for these people? Like what's going to happen? You know? It's a financial commitment on your part too. When you start hiring people, you have to, you're committing to fucking paying their paycheck, right? It's not just, right? it's not like a contractor, right? You can't just get out of it. Like you're committing to, to when you bring on staff, you're, you're committing to paying those people. Yeah. So, yeah. And the, that was, yeah. And the commitment that, was, and that oh. happening, right? That, that's, that's a big blow, right? So and, that was a little scary, you know, to see that, but Essentially, like what you said is, hey, what happened is, you know, we pivoted right away. We didn't stop and say, hey, you know, it's a two week break. Like, no, nah. like we were like, OK, we're going to close the gym physically for two weeks, but we're going to be online. So we organized ourselves to have uh, obviously Zoom workouts with our clients. And I could honestly say, man, I think the big separator during this whole experience is is gyms, coaches, programs, whatever way you want to put it, people that genuinely cared about their clients and, and, and fostered real relationships yeah. and people that built a culture, those people were able to pivot and they were able to still do something, yeah. you know, whether it was online, they were able to do something and get their people to be like, okay, let's try this. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. Where the people that, you know, again, like you said, oh, people were at all times highs in 2019, all times highs in the early 2020. People that had that because it was easy, but they didn't have good relationships. They didn't take care of their people. Those people were like, peace. Yes. They're like, oh, my workout's gone. All right, fuck it. I don't need to be a part of, of whatever you're doing online. And like so many places saw so many cancellations and people just absolutely gone. Well, so I can say, yeah. 
that's the uh the the tragic downfall of big box gym right uh because yeah. yeah you're you're paying whatever the like good life membership and people know how i feel about good life fuck those guys uh you you paying 60 70 80 bucks but you're just you're just a, a number in the door you're just walking in the door whereas right. like <clears throat> for example my business i knew there was a problem when they were doing the lockdowns what was in march it was so long ago they're doing the lockdowns in march i had like 11 clients booked on that day so i had a busy ass day i went that was sunday night sunday night, i'm ready to go to bed from Sunday night, when I woke up Monday morning, I had 10 cancellations. I was like, okay, something's fucking wrong here. <clears throat> and I asked my wife. I pivoted right away. And it was it took about, I'd say, a week and a half, two weeks before, like you said, clients were like, okay, Ashton, let's get online. Let's do stuff. And then for three or four months, they're doing online stuff. And then I'd say like around summertime when some things started getting restricted, things start picking up even more in person but it's like you're saying there's that culture so like even though you're away for a week and a half they're still thinking about me like let me read because it was people reaching out to me it wasn't me necessarily reaching out to them they were like hey we let's get our workouts back in you're doing stuff online let's do it but that's a good point that you make because a lot of people in the business they don't take the time to really find out what the person is there for right mm -hmm. it's just uh Oh, I make this much an hour. Great. Right. But it, that's like a one time thing. I want people. I don't really care about the money. I want people to continuously come to better their life, to better their health, to better their overall well-being for forever, whether they do it with me or whether they do it with somebody else. I don't care. Like the I don't know if you see it, too. I see it a lot in fitness industry. The jealousy between coaches and trainers, like when mm -hmm. somebody's doing really well. Um, they're like, I want that. So they're like, there's mean, like, you, you mean, do you mean like, uh, clients like, or like, yeah, like, like when, uh, when some, when a, when a coach or a trainer or a gym sees another gym doing really, really well, oh, like, yeah. I, I want that. How does he have that? Well, I'm a better coach. Than and I think the thing that missing with, with those people, one is ego, but two, it's, um, they don't connect with people, right? Like. When I open up my Instagram and I see you yelling at the fucking screen, what's up, words? That that's a connecting moment. You're in, the, and you, you're not just blurting shit out and saying, "Come at." You're giving information. You're connecting with people, and you're making them part of what you say, the familia, the community, right? And that's what keeps people coming back, right? Yeah, and that for us was like that was one of the big things. Is again, we were fortunate enough to be in business for. Uh, I guess at that time that would have been five years. Yeah. Cause we just actually, no, it was four years. Time's flown with this pandemic. Yeah. It was, we just literally in January, we had this huge banquet, 150 people. Like it was absolutely amazing. But like we had that culture where that helped us kind of navigate through this time period. And I feel bad. Like I feel bad for some people that just started their business. You know what I'm saying? Like they were literally just going, it's like, they didn't have a fair attempt, but I also feel like this pandemic, as tough as it's been, it's been a blessing for me where it's really changed my perspective. It's forced me to grow, to do things better. And I also think it weeded out and got rid of a lot of people that didn't deserve to be coaches. They didn't deserve people's money because they weren't good. And yeah. they were just able to do that because whatever the market, the whatever was just convenient that there was lots of options. So all the people that were, 
for the most part, half-assing it, not doing that great of a job, I felt like they got weeded out very quickly. And the strong survived because what did they do? We pivoted. We figured out ways to help our people because we actually cared and we really wanted to do it. So I remember we were working out the other day um, and I was asking you about it and you said, you're you're like, you feel bad that people went out of business, but at the same time, you don't feel bad because if you couldn't survive the three months, the four months, you know, you're a bad business person, right? What were were you doing before, right? Like, Yeah, and and that, uh, and, and as harsh as it sounds to some people, that's the harsh reality. That's the reality. If you like the first lockdown, I'll hand it to you, right? Nobody knew what the hell we were doing, but by the time you get to the third, you, you're late to the party, bro. Like, you know what I mean? If you're not, if you're not making money by the third, you're not making. You're you're done. You, you were, and I've seen a lot of fitness specials, especially in the city here, in Toronto, straggling around for three, four, five, six, seven months collecting CERB because obviously uh, fitness was nowhere to be found, so they were entitled to that money. And then, you know, now that the time is running up for those kind of programs, now they're trying to see how do I get back into it. But it's too late now. It's it's never too late, but I'm like, you missed a valuable opportunity to really connect with people and show them that you cared. And now you're just getting back into it because the money train stopped from the government, right? So, I I don't feel bad for those people, you know. Well, yeah, I think I think it just I think people saw like who actually was is a professional who actually really cared because, you know, for some people this situation happened. You know, you're scared initially, but then like they just stopped posting, they stopped communicating to their clients, they stopped coaching. Yeah, and then there was other people. Who like and I, I take kind of pride in, my, in how we handle it. We were nonstop like throughout this whole thing. We were always posting. We we're always uh, coaching people. And essentially, what we did is we really overly communicated with our clients. And I think that was a big thing. That like when your your main question of like how did you guys pivot? If we weren't constantly communicating with our clients, I think people would feel really lost and they wouldn't trust us because it was such an uncertain time. But because we kept communicating, hey, guys, this is our direction. This is what you're doing. These are your options. Did everybody go with us? No. But we had a good chunk of people that trusted and believed of us and we pivoted online. One thing I want to like I was saying, like when I pull up your Instagram uh, and I pull up your your your, your content. I, I get excited, right? I get motivated. Uh, is that part of like your style? Like, how are you able to uh, keep 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 people coming back through the door? Like, what's your like? You know, how, like different coaches have different styles. Like my, for example, my strength and conditioning coach very, you know, monotone. Doesn't really speak much in terms of like out there in the social media, but he's but he's just really damn good at what he does. And, you know, we, we talk and we become friendly, but that doesn't resonate with everybody. Like what do you do to really resonate with your clients, with the, with the people that come through your door that, that makes them excited to see you every day that they come in? Well, I think number one, man, it's like, it's obsessing and knowing who is your client, who are you trying to serve? And like over the last couple of years, when I first opened a gym, it was like, I just want people to come here. Who can who can come? Yeah. And as I started to develop as a business owner, I'm like, no, I don't want to train those people. Oh, like, no, these people aren't a good fit. So I started to be like, 
who are my best clients? And and you know what I'm talking about. Those people yeah, you train and you're like, oh, I love training this person. I could train this person for freaking two hours and it wouldn't feel like work. But there's other people you're like, oh my God, like this is tough. And what I'm saying too, so everybody understands, it's not like the fitness level I'm talking about. I'm talking about the type of person yeah. is, is what I'm talking about, right? So for me, I really obsessed over who is that person that I want to work with who needs my help. And basically who it is, like we found it's the working professional uh, and the busy parent that they're struggling with their weight management. They have a high stress life and they just got low confidence. So basically I knew once I found out who that person is, what would attract that person? And for me, it's not being a hard ass, which I am, but it's not, that's not like the thing that attracts them. It's having a relationship. With that person, they want someone who genuinely cares about them. And like you were mentioning about good life, hey, you're just a number. You just rent out equipment. That person wants a coach. They want someone who genuinely cares about them and knows them. So our business is about relationship building, number one. Like I always tell my staff, we're not in the fitness business. We're in the relationship business. And if we build great relationships with these people, then they'll care about fitness. Then they'll actually want to work out and eat the right foods. So I think for us, everything that we cater around is about how do we help that working professional and that busy parent to basically transform their health. I think that's what you just said. There's a great point that people are missing when they think of fitness is it's relationships. It's uh, like, uh, I'll say this, right? I've, I've said this to people before. When someone consults me for training and wanting to work with me, I say, let's do a trial session to see if we work well together because you know there are tons of different motivations of why people want to exercise and do stuff but if our personalities don't mesh i'm not saying i don't want to work with you and i don't want to help with you but i'm also not afraid to refer you to another coach or another trainer who i who i value highly their skills who i think maybe their personality will get you better results than what i would do and i For think sure. that that's one of the bigger things missing because people are obsessed about, you know, I want clients, I want money, I want to build my business. But is it the best fit for that individual that walked through your door or that's consulting you? Is this the place the best fit for you? And I think that's a big thing that is missing in the industry and in, in general. Like, because um, I do a lot of martial arts training, you can walk into any jujitsu gym and get quality training most of the time. There's a, there's a few crappy ones out there like anything else but it's the people that are there that keep you coming back it's the instructor that are there like i've been on this mma journey for forever i've been i trained jujitsu at a lot of places but i always tell my my head coach omar salvosa you're gonna wrap the black belt around me when it's time right and i always go back to him like i'm training like three four five six different gyms per week but i always go back to him for my jujitsu, I always go back to him for advice. I always go back to him for how to take my my game to the next level in terms of my athletics because his coaching style has always resonated with me, his personality. So I'm never going to leave that. If I was to say, you know, screw you, I get better training somewhere else, there would be part of me missing, that relationship part, the relationship, the fitness that brought you into it. And I think that's a, that's an important thing to that, that you said and that people need to, to need to know for sure. And uh, so at, at, at your gym, at your facility, what is your guys' 
main focus like how do you train how do you structure the training for that busy, busy professional do you guys do like circuits more high intensity intervals powerlifting like what is like your guys all encompassing view to make that fitness professional you know the best person they can be in terms of strategy our, right our philosophy is basically like even going back to like the last question again we deal with working professionals and busy parents right yeah. most of the people that come in again they're not superstar athletes right they're not a, an mma fighter they're not a, a a person who played college football basically there's someone who's battling stress they probably gain some high body fat or weights yeah. and they got a low confidence so what we do is we help them regain control of their lifestyle and we transform their health the way that we do it is basically what you're asking me I always explain to people we're not a gym where you just come and work out. We're a personal strength training program that focuses on lifestyle coaching. Yeah. Right. So the physical part, that fitness part that most people think that that's what they're looking for. Number one are the way we kind of prioritize our training is around strength training. Yeah. We want to teach people how to lift weights, you know, how to do it with the right form, how to get strong, you know, and like, man, I, I feel like I'm a pretty fit guy. I'm a pretty strong guy. Like most of my clients are women. Like I got like 70, 65% women, but I love it. Like I honestly love coaching these women because most women, they just, they never experience lifting weights and they, they, they've been told these things that, Oh, you'll oh get bulky. Lift, you'll get I'm going to get bulky, you yeah. know, or I'm going to hurt myself. It's like, Man, some of the purses I see girls weigh, they weigh more than 15 pounds, but they think they can't use 15 pounds. So it's like when we get women come to our program, they just get so strong and it absolutely transforms their body. But most importantly, it transforms their confidence. Like they just feel like, holy shit, like I can do push-ups, I can do a chin-up, I can navigate myself through a gym without feeling like I don't belong, essentially. Right. So that's I know like more experienced people like you would know, like the way I kind of describe it is like, like power bodybuilding. Like we don't, we're not power lifters, but yeah. we do heavy lifting. Like we do heavy deadlifts. We do heavy bench press, but essentially what we're using the strength training for is to help build, you know, build a stronger body, lower our body fat. Right. So that's like our premise, uh, Ashton is like, you know, strength training where we try to get someone to be doing real strength training two to three days a week. Yeah. And then what we try to match that up with is one to two days of conditioning, right? Simple terms, you know, to like, if I was talking to my client cardio, if I'm talking to a coach like you, you know, metabolic conditioning. Yeah. So that's our thing that we try to combine it together. Well, that's a, that's a really good way of looking at it. And that's, that's sort of the way I look, we look at it too, in terms of even um, professional fighting and professional athletics, because when I start working, I've been working with my strength coach for like uh, 11 years now since I started. I started with him as an amateur. And the first thing he told me, like I was telling him all this shit I saw on the UFC countdown shows, like fucking guys pulling ropes and climbing shit and looks all crazy good. And you're like, I want to do that. And that's most people. They'll see stuff on the internet. They're like, I want to do that. And he sat me down and he's like, Ashton, if you want to get strong and be a great athlete or just be healthy and strong in general, you got to do three things. You got to learn how to press weight. You got to learn how to squat. You got to learn how to deadlift. If you can't do any of those, you're not doing it. You're not doing those things that you want to do. And and I think that's what's lost sometimes when people walk in. I'm sure it's happened to you when they walk in. They're like, oh, 
I want to do all these clapping push-ups and shit. I'm like, well, before you get there, let's walk before we can run, right? And that's what, and and it sounds like that's the same philosophy you guys uh, entail is getting these people to learn these basic movements in fitness, right? Because it took me a knee surgery to learn how to squat properly. Mm. So I went through college football and a whole lot of MMA before I tore my ACL and I realized, shit, I don't know how to squat. I got this far without knowing how to squat. And so there's people walking in where they didn't have any of that athletic experience. They're coming they're in. Sitting, they're sitting down in the office, right? Like yeah. nine to five or now from working at home, it's like this on the couch all day. So it's like now squat or even like you were saying is like walk before you crawl. What we've noticed, especially in our program, because most places they're not like us. Most places are cardio because yes. teaching cardio is easy. Very easy. Right? It's easy because you just have everybody running up and down and burpee and squat and like it's boot camp, right? So most places, um, you know, and again, like I'm I don't hate on these places. I think they're at the end of the day, they're fitness and they're helping people. Yeah. I just think we're a better option. But like there's places like F45, Orange Theory Fitness, these are very successful programs because they know how to market, they know how to do these things, but the training itself, it's not the best training for people. We, especially we have- we have an F45 right here out of uh, outside our corner, or uh, an orange tree, sorry. And I, I get to walk by when I go to a grocery store and, and see all the time. And I, I see exactly what you're saying. It's very easy to teach. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about before is because um, you do a lot of small group training, right? A lot of small group, big group. And uh, from my experience in the past, not necessarily activity-based, so like, uh, spin classes and stuff. I'm I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just exercise in general. Mm-hmm. Like places like Orange Theory, you'll see. I'll I'll sit and I'll, I'll people watch, right? And what I'll see is that um, there are a lot of people doing these hit training, right? I do the quotes because it's not hit training. They're doing all these like exercises, like burpees and and all these things, and they're doing it really incorrectly really badly they're doing squats really badly doing these deadlifts all these lifts they're not doing fundamentally right and so what i've seen in the past and from experiences eventually these people stop going they stop going because they get hurt they get injuries because they're not lifting correctly because in that group larger group fitness in those highly marketed gyms they're not being attended to and like you said the coach it's easy for the coach to teach cardio so these uh overuse injuries happen a lot i see a lot i used to do a lot of classes i don't do them anymore just because it's not really my personal favorite in terms of uh, how i do things in terms of fitness i love teaching jujitsu and stuff but i see those overuse injuries and then i see those people kind of drop off like flies is that something you I'm, I'm assuming you try to avoid that by teaching those correct techniques right you see that too yeah like again like for us like when people say hey can i join your boot camp i'm like whoa don't be, don't be calling my program a boot camp. We're not a boot camp, right? But like, again, the, the the people that we serve, the working professional, they don't know different. They see people working out. They have no idea what bad fitness is and good fitness is, right? So like, that's why we can't blame them. I see a lot of people are like, oh, look at these stupid people. Like, they don't know. It's our job to educate them and teach them on, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. What has happened over the years is like, you know, fitness companies, 
because it's easy to coach, because we can fit 30 people in a room, make some more money and get them to run around in a circle. That's what's been the easier option. So people think that's what they're supposed to do. And like over the last, I don't know, decade, I guess it's kind of tied in with the CrossFit phase that happened is like people think if you're not sweating and if you're not running around and if you're not like dead, then you're not getting results. So for us, we flip the script. We teach people as like, guys, like, yeah, the burpee, the battle ropes, those are tools that I'm not saying we'll never do them, but those aren't the things that are going to get you results. And if you're a woman who's significantly overweight, you doing a burpee, you doing a battle rope, you don't even know how to control your body. So there's no purpose for us to do that. In order for us to do those things right, we have to learn how to move with the right intensity, the right form. And the best way to teach people how to do that is simply resistance training, you know? So when we start, it's like, yeah, it's literally just getting someone to move with just their body. And that's what we address it in our warm-ups. It's just body weight or bands and getting them to, to learn the technique. And then the next step, depending on where they are is, yeah, we want to add resistance. So people in our program, especially new people, they'll come in, they'll do a set. And then I'll be like, now you got to rest. And they'll be like, like, what do you mean? I, I need to go to the next thing. And I'm like, no, you need to rest. This person's going to go, then you go. And then they're kind of like impatient. And it's like antsy. only until, yeah, they're antsy, right? But it's only until they get the form right. And then now we start increasing the load. And I say, okay, do this for eight reps. Then they get to eight and they're like, holy shit. And then now they realize that's why you need the two minute rest. That's why you need the one minute rest. So I think it's a big part, man, bro. It's just like, it's really educating people. Why do you need to do strength training? Because you need to build the foundation. You need to build muscle and you can't move fast. You can't do these cardio dynamic moves if you don't have the strength and stability to do them anyways. Yeah. So hundred, hundred, everything you said there was just hundred percent. I couldn't, I couldn't explain it any better myself <laughs> right and, you, and even to uh to kind of answer your question too i i know i go off on tangents all the time but it's fine, it's fine. you're saying like you were saying the group training like before covid bro like we were a group model so like we our model was like 21 people in a class but what was different with us is i don't know any other place that did it like us we had 21 people in a class but we were doing real strength training so we had a, a, a formula of how we did it, but it was hard, man. Like we had two coaches, there's 21 people. Like I, I started to think as we started to grow Ashton, like I felt like we started to just supervise people. So I didn't like it. And now with this COVID, like that's why I say one of the blessings, we change our perspective to be like, we don't need 234 clients. How about if we had 150 clients and these people invested more money but they got way more attention. They got way more service. They got just way more of us. These people would get better results and we would love coaching better. So what our model is now is like I said, it's personal strength training where it's one to six people with a coach in a class. And again, those six people, I might have a guy like yourself who's super athletic. He's, he's been working out for years, but then I might have uh, your wife, who, you know, she has two kids and she's trying to get back into it. You guys are doing different things, but you're in the same class and we're able to coach you. So that's kind of like what we specialize in. 
that's the hard part. Like that's the hard part I have at home because my wife sees me doing some crazy shit and she's like, "I wanted to." I'm like, "No, you just had two babies. Calm down." <laughs> I'm like, same thing. She's like, she'll see me doing some. Stuff. I'm like, "No, do your glute raises. Yeah, get your glutes back." Like, uh, but like every everything you said there was, was spot on, brother. Like, and that's what is missing, in my opinion, missing from a lot of these uh, places. Because here, here's what annoys me the most. Is when I see a trainer or like a, a studio like Orange Three or whatever, and they just fucking put somebody on a treadmill, and they're the person's just running mindlessly, and the the coach is off doing this shit, and the person's just running. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I don't know about you, but I would never pay somebody any amounts of money to make me either. Like, here's the one that do jumping jacks. Fuck that. <laughs> right i see people like that's part of their program is jumping jacks no 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 come on man you could do that on your own you could run on a treadmill on your own i want someone to coach me to train yeah. now that's not meaning i'm not going to use jumping jacks as a tool in there somewhere maybe part of a warm-up or a treadmill as a part of like a high intensity session or something saying like the, you're saying like the focal point like the focal point yeah like you and I'm not trying to hate on Orange Theory Fitness, but like I walk by an Orange Theory Fitness because it's right outside my window, and I just see people mindlessly running on a treadmill. I'm like, you're getting exercise, which I'm happy and good for you, but I don't know if you're really getting the tools you Results. need, the lifestyle yeah. tools, right? Yeah. Because here's here's my 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 philosophy on fitness is, I love training people, I love working with people, I have had a great clientele for a long time. But I want to give people the tools that if I'm not there, they can work out on their own. They know what to do. They know how to structure a workout. They know how to do these things. And I'm just that facilitator that motivates them. They come to me when they need that help, that motivation to, to keep going. But if for some reason, you know, you're on vacation or whatever and I'm not there, you know, there's no problem. They don't fall off the wagon. They're like, I know how to structure a workout. I kind of know what Ashton does. I know the techniques for all these lifts. And to me, that's emp that's empowering somebody, giving them the tool of fitness, as opposed to like run on a treadmill and right. then we'll do some presses. And even to say with that, I agree, man. Like what we try to do here is like it's not just give people a workout. Our, our one of our models that we say is like I'm not trying to give you a workout of the day. I'm trying to give you a way of life. Yes. And even right now, when you were describing that, is like yeah, I literally want the people that come in here that if they had to work out on vacation. If they had to work out at home, they know how to do a warm up properly. They yeah. know how to structure a workout properly. But most importantly, because they spend an hour four times a week with us, they understand how to eat better. They understand how to sleep better. They understand how to think better, how to live better. Like that's what it's all about. And to do that, like, like you said, to be that type of coach, it's hard. And that's why most people don't do it because most people – Maybe they're just not there on their journey yet. Some people, they just suck. Some people, they don't care. But it's so much easier to, like, make people run up and down, just do this simple cardio, and, okay, guys, see you later. It's very difficult to actually care and coach people. And what we describe it, man, is the difference between trainer and coach. Yes. A trainer is, like, you give someone a workout. You make them sweat. You make them sore. A coach is someone who changes your life. Yeah. And like you were describing your coach, you're like, yeah, like I go different places, 
but that's my guy because that guy has honestly made an impact in my life. And you're always going to have a respect for him. And you're always going to go back and pay him some type of homage, whether it's you're paying him money or you're like giving him your respect. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Or promoting his business, getting him more clients, getting him more students. Right. Cause I've done that. People are like, where, where do you, where should I go for jujitsu? I don't care if you have to drive an hour. The best place is to go train with Omar Salvos at Ascension BJJ. Like that's just, that's the, that's the impact of a good coach and a good trainer. And I want to bring something up that you brought up about like, you know, people just wanting a sweat, right? Uh, there's not, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. And um, I have clients that, you know, I've tried the programming thing with them before where I program and structure out their workouts, but their whole uh, intent behind working out was they actually wanted me to kill them most of the time. But then there's also that time where I can't kill them or I shouldn't kill them. And that's something as, a, as still an active professional athlete. I had to learn along the way with my injuries and stuff like that because I would be of the impression, this was like well into my pro career, that if I wasn't feeling like shit when I was leaving, like absolutely dead tired, running to the ground, I didn't work hard, right? And that's a very big misconception people have where they, they walk into a gym and they want to be physically drained by the time they leave and there is a place for that there's a time and place for that where you do push it you do push the envelope maybe you're doing some high intensity intervals that day but then there is the recovery aspect which yep. is what i wanted to talk to you about like i had a hard time dealing with that um as an athlete because like in the sport of mma there's so many uh, components you got to do wrestling you got to do jujitsu you got to do striking boxing muay thai uh, strength and conditioning, like to fit it all into one week is incredibly hard. So you have to push yourself beyond exhaustion to do it. But is that the best strategy? No, because now you're not recovering from those workouts. Now you're feeling like shit every time you leave. The body's going to break down at some point. And like for me, for example, I was plagued a lot in my 20s with injuries because of that. So I wanted to see if you've, you have some of the same experience with people that walk through your door where they, they just want you to beat them into the ground, but they don't really understand that if you did that every single day, you wouldn't be coming back in three months. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the initial from someone new who's that's the thing that from fitness and from media, people think I need to be sore. I need to have just died through my workout. So I get results. And like you said, and, and the thing is, you're you are like an experienced athlete, and that was your mindset. And you could probably tolerate a lot more pain than most people. So again, imagine the mom off the couch, you know, imagine the dad that it's literally been 15 years that they think they have to be killed in a workout. They're 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 not coming back, right? Because they can't. So the thing that we teach people is like, it's supposed to be the, the way you get transformational results is by you doing this for a long period of time. Yeah. If you are smashing yourself in a workout and you're sore every single time, you're not going to come back. So how are we going to get you to get to, to get the results? Right. So again, I think it goes back, man. It goes back to really just educating people. And when you educate them and you get them to do the things properly, and then they start seeing the results then they trust you, yeah. you know, and that's, that's what's happened for us is like, I tell people, yeah, you don't need to be in our facility six days. I tell people most five, 
Yeah. Right. I train five days a week, but I tell people the results that I get, it's not because I train five. Like the fifth day is probably just mental. It's just me feeling good about myself. Really the motto that we tell our people is, Hey, four days for life. If you could train in our facility and give me what you got in that session where, yeah, you are challenging yourself and you're busting your ass, but you're leaving the session chest tall, feeling confident. Like, fuck, I just had a really good workout today. I feel amazing. It was hard. Yeah. I feel amazing. And then the other 164 hours in the week, right? There's 168 hours. The other 164 hours, like you talked about recovery, that is where the results happen is recovery, right? It's when you're eating the right food. It's when you're getting the right amount of sleep. It's when you're drinking the right amount of water. If someone's doing that with those amazing three to five workouts per week, that's where the results happen. So I almost feel like now too, brother, it's like we coach people on their recovery yeah, 100%. almost just as important or more important than the actual workout. I think it's important to let people know, like even as a professional athlete, I have struggled with that for years, for years and years and years and years and years, because you just want to get better so bad. A lot of people, when you want to get fit, you want to get better so bad that you do anything. You th- and so there's a common misconception that the more I do, the better. Just like when, you know, you walk into a, um, a big box gym and you see someone that's running on the treadmill for an hour, right? Uh, so I've had a lot of people come to me and be like, oh, when I do my cardio, should I do, you know, like the elliptical for an hour? I'm like, no. You don't need to do an elliptical for an hour. You don't need to run for an hour. That is... In my opinion, it's busy work. The science doesn't back up busy work. Like, I'm not, if someone, run, like a lot of people I know, a lot of my clients love to run. If you run because it's therapeutic, like you feel good, you put in your headphones, you listen to a podcast, I'm all for that. But that's not, uh, that's not a method or a modality that's going to necessarily increase your fitness significantly. Uh, whereas if you were to say, run for 20 minutes, like, like, for example, like now, with all my surgeries and joint problems, I can only run for 20, right, before my knees start hurting, before, uh, and if I was to run, say I push the envelope 30, 35 minutes, if I was to run for 35 minutes, great, I got through it, but the next day when I wake up, and I go up to up and down the stairs, my knees are shot, my knees are shot. And now you can't train. Now I can't train that day, right, so I think that's the big disconnect in, in fitness is like the more you do the better where it's sometimes the less you do the better because i'm not out here to train once a week i'm out here to train six times a week and do it at the same intensity every time or be able to do close to the same intensity every time and the only way i can do that is by learning how to recover learning what modalities suit my body best because what x person is doing is not the same for y like for what I do is not the same that my wife does. What I'm doing is not the same as you do because we have two separate bodies, two separate goals. And it's nice that it looks good on TV, but it's not realistic for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, it comes back to like you're saying is helping the person at where they're at. If I'm someone who is 40 pounds overweight and just my trainer told me, hey, you need to run 30 minutes on a treadmill. It's like, What? You know, if I need to go run four, four kilometers outside, like that is hard. Like I'm a thick guy. And like, if I go for a 5k run, 
I could feel my shins a little bit. I could feel my knees a little bit. So as like, as you said, it's about what's the right dosage for that person at that time. Yeah. And for someone who's just coming off the couch, let's just say, I always program for some people. I'm like, yo, I want you to walk. Don't yeah. run, go walk for 30 minutes, four times a week. And then guess what? Once we've accomplished that, then we'll start our training the next week because yeah. that will literally help that person move. They feel recovered enough. And now they feel like they want more. And that's what you want. You want the person coming to the gym, wanting more and being hungry to work out instead of, oh, I don't want to go train. I, I'm so beat up. There's no results when you're beat up. No results when you're beat up. And here's one of the other things I wanted to, to talk to you about is like you competed at a high level of football, very experienced athlete. Um, what was your mindset when you transitioned to being like a high performance coach for, for individuals. Like what got you into that, you know, transitioning your brain from athlete to help now? Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, like transitioning, you mean like how was the transition from being an athlete to like a, yeah, a how was the transition? And like, what, like what, what, what processes did you have to change? Because you know, like when you're an athlete, you, you know, one way train hard, train intense all the time. But then when you're a coach, it's a lot different. Like people don't come to you. Like you said, you're, you're not always training uh, high performance athletes, right? So how, well, how do you separate those two from the life that you lived before as a high performance athlete to uh, a coach now? Yeah. So again, like I played football, uh, I played sports my whole life, but you know, the highest level I played collegiate uh, football, it was Ontario all-star. I never really thought I was going to be like a fitness coach. It just wasn't something I thought. But when I started to entertain the idea of being like, you know what? I've been training my whole life. I might as well train other people. I initially thought I was going to be training more athletes. Yeah. But then as I started to learn, um, athletes don't have no money. Yes, <laughs> <Right>? 100%. <laughs> so, well, that, there are obviously people that can attract athletes, but I, I started to realize that it wasn't my avatar, that there's probably people that are way better at training high-level athletes that I wanted to focus on helping, you know, everyday people build their confidence and all those things. So initially when I was training, you know, the working professionals and busy parents, I was making them do shit that I was doing, you know, and like, I'm like, why can't this person do a jump squat? You know, why can't this person do, you know, right form when they're running? And very quickly, I realized I needed to simplify my training and I needed to be able to communicate to these people in a way where they can do the basics and not assume that, oh, this person could do that. So I, I think I really got great as a coach because I worked with people that their fitness level was so low. And I started to see what did they struggle with? How do I talk to them? How do I touch them a certain way that will allow them to perform the exercise properly? You know, so that really, I think, made me a great coach is working with people that um, that really struggle. They don't like fitness and they hate it, but making them learn to love it. That was a game changer. We're now I feel like I can train anyone and help anybody get results. But I see a lot of coaches like. I feel like, like, I think you can resonate. There's some people that you'll train. Anybody can train them. Like literally anybody who will train them, they'll get results. Like they're, they're natural. Like they just yeah. get it. You know what I mean? You show them a move, they like, get it. Yeah. hundred. But it's the people, it's the people that they can't even like, they, this is how they squat. 
this yeah. is how they press. It's if you can help those people, that's how you know you're a, you're an amazing coach. Well, so, a bigger sense of accomplishment as well. It, it, yeah. it goes two ways. Like, it's great when someone comes to me and they have fundamentals down. It's great. And it makes my job a lot easier. Um, but I get pride when someone comes to me with nothing. Or someone comes to me with a big – I love crushing big egos. That's one of my favorite things. They come to me like, I can lift this. I can do this. I've done this in the past. And then I make them do it. But I make them do it right. I make them do it with technique. And they can't do it anymore. Right? There's a big difference between picking up – and I'm sure you know this because you, you lift heavy. <clears throat> Big difference between picking up 200 pounds on a deadlift wrong and picking up 200 pounds on a deadlift right. The Big For difference, sure. right? Yeah. So I get great pride when I have someone come to me and they, they don't have those fundamentals. They don't know how to move their hips. They don't know how to use their butt. Like I'm like squeeze your butt and they can't. It's just, I'll, I'll poke it with a stick or some shit and it's still flat. Like they don't know how to even use their ass cheeks, right? And then you know, four or five months down the road, these things start coming out. And it's like in their head, they're like, Ashton, before I met you, I didn't know how to do this stuff. Like I couldn't squat. I didn't know what a squat, I thought I did, but I didn't yeah. know what a squat was. Or like someone who comes to, I've had, I had a few of this, some of my younger bucks, they come to me like, I want to do all this different kind of training. I want to do all this stuff. And I'm like, no, we're going to do it this way because you can't do those things yet. Right, that's why I said like I like to squash that ego. I'm like, yeah, you're coming to me saying you wanted to fight or you want to, you know, compete in mixed martial arts or a sport or whatever. But before you get there, your body has to be primed and ready to do it. Because I can throw you in the fire. Any coach can throw you in the fire. I can throw you to do high intensity runs on a treadmill. But I might, you might break. Right, something in your body might snap. Something in your head may not want you to do it anymore. Let's get you ready for it. Let me let me take your ego and bring it down a little bit and let's let's train. Let's learn how to train properly and do it the right way instead of doing it fast forwarding 10 steps. And then, hey, you might not be there in four months, five months, right? Because when people try to fast forward and skip those steps, what ends up happening, especially in fitness, is, is they quit, right? They right. They end up quitting, and those are the, the traditional, you know, they sign up at the start of the year. They do, you know, two months, and then you don't see them, right? They're just paying memberships, right? Uh, but the other one thing I want to talk to you about is when you look at Training for Warriors page, one of the biggest thing I see is the coach, the head man, the head guy, working out strong, leading by example. Right, this is a big pet peeve of mine in this industry. Is, and I don't know what it is. Um, where as time goes on, some coaches leave their own fitness behind. Right, they leave their own personal health and well-being behind, and then, you know they gain weight, they become fat, they become sloppy. They're no longer training. So, how important is it for you, not necessarily for your business, but just for you and your life, not only to be a coach, but a role model, like working out, showing that you're putting in that work, showing that you're constantly pushing yourself in the gym as well. So leading by example, how important is it for you and for your business and for not just your business, your lifestyle and your family to, to, to do that? Yeah, it's, it's huge, man. Like, and you said it like your life, which 
my life, it includes, you know, obviously my own personal health. It includes my family, but it includes my business, right? So it's like, would you go to the dentist if your dentist had like the most crooked teeth and like yellow teeth? You'd be like, yo, what the fuck? I'm not, I'm not letting this guy work on me. Like, yeah. would you go to like get a haircut from the guy who never has a, a decent cut? It's like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I feel I've always been someone that like I value a coach who has the experience of doing it or he's helped a bunch of people that have done what I wanted to do. So I just feel like it's mandatory for me. If I'm going to tell you, Hey, Ashton, this is how you do it. I want you to have all the certainty that I actually live it. Yes. And I think that's, that's what our students and our uh, community why they listen to my coaching and the rest of our team, because it's mandatory for us to be coaches that practice what we preach. So I think from the business standpoint, it's just part of our product that like, this is not a workout, you know, this is my way of life. And it's a way of life that allows me to be successful and to strive at different areas of success, because this is how I'm living it. And all I'm trying to do is basically show people what I'm doing and hopefully what I'm doing can help them. And I always, I always find it weird. Like I always find it weird that like a lot of coaches will coach people and make them do workouts that they would never do. Yeah. You know, and I see it again, like I, you know, I call it whatever, throwing shots at like F45 or orange theory today. I see like, I see the coaches and I know, you know, especially if they are fit and they do look good, I know they're not doing those workouts. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, so why are we making people do those workouts that we would be like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't do that. I do this. Yeah. So for me, it's like I do the workouts that I show to our clients because I need to know how it feels. I need to know, like, if I program this a certain way, that's how to do it. So that's why when I tell a client, I say, no, no, no Ashton, you got to you got to rest here. I know they got to rest here because I know how it feels to do that workout. That's something I do all the time is uh, like, for example, uh, last week I brought a bought a sandbag uh, to, to work with my clients and I'm, I've used it before but with instruction like my coach telling me what to do so I so I'm in my living room doing all these different type of sandbag workouts last week God, I'm sore as shit from it still right but sure. the whole reason being is I can't tell people how to use this tool and how to do these things if I don't know how it feels myself and then exactly. it's the same other thing you said Maybe I'll start over programming where, you know, eight reps is hard for me with that move. It's going to be even harder if I say, hey, you do 10, right? And that right. person is nowhere on the same level of fitness as me. I tend to, I have a bunch of workouts that I test bef on myself before so that I know, okay, if I got through it easy, like if I breeze through that workout, I'm like, okay, that was easy. Well, it's not going to necessarily be easy for the person who is not a professional athlete or right. not a professional coach. So I think that's very important uh, what you said is about testing it out and being practicing what you preach, but don't just do, sure. don't just prescribe a workout that you would never do yourself. And that happens exactly. a lot. Like if you walk yeah. by some of those big uh, classes and stuff like that, you'll see Yeah, well, I wouldn't be doing 80 burpees in my workout. Why the fuck am I making a person do 80 burpees in their workout? Right. Exactly. And, and like for me too, like, man, I would say like another part of the reasons is, yeah, like, confidence you know like when i'm healthy when i feel strong physically and i feel conditioned 
my confidence is very high and I'm someone that thrives based off of confidence. If my confidence is low, guess what? I'm going to struggle to sell people. Yeah. And I don't, I never look at selling as a bad thing. I think as a, as a gift, like if I sell someone into my program, I'm putting the potential to change their life. If I'm overweight, if I'm not working out and if I'm doubting that what I have here works, how the hell am I going to sell them? Right. So like, me training, taking care of my body, me enforcing that on our staff too, where right? I'm very big that, hey, you guys need to work out four days a week. Yeah. You guys need to take care of yourself because this job, and you know, like this job is very demanding. Yeah, 100%. Sometimes you're on your feet eight hours straight. If you're not physically fit and you're not taking care of your workouts, it's also going to impact your business that when you're coaching somebody else, your energy is going to be low. Your body language is going to be low. And it's, it's not good, you know? And I, I guess the other thing, man, is like, you know, I think for you, you have a different focus too. Like you're trying to be at the top of the game and MMA and, and that part of your life. That used to be my thing with football. Now it's like, man, I, my focus, is my kids and my family, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like my, 100%. my, my kids are like, I have my daughter, she's 16, but my other ones are younger. And I already see what my 16 year old, I've been testing it on her since she's like 10 years old. <laughs> yeah, She's gone from this little introvert who's super scared to one of the best athletes in her school, a confident young woman because she works out. Yeah. And also for me, it's like, yeah, man, like it's so important that like I'm the leader of, of my family and health and I show them the way. So that way my kids they have opportunity. They're healthy. They're strong. They see their dad and they're like, yo, my dad's just the, he's the fucking guy. Like he's exactly. just strong. He's yeah. fit. Like making them, making and them, plus I got, making them. Yeah. Play. And plus I got to keep up. I got to keep up with my girl, man. She's freaking <laughs> fit as hell. So that's the main reason too. <laughs> oh, you brought up a great point there because like, um, when we had, when I had my first, uh, when we had my daughter, my wife had to go back to work. Right. So we had to like, uh, we could, you know, childcare is very expensive in this city, especially well, in, in Ontario in general. So we couldn't really afford childcare, or if we did, we would only be able to afford like one day a week. So I had to really condense my schedule, and I was basically with my daughter like four four days a week. I think my wife was, she she altered her schedule, so I had her four days a week, and uh, I started taking her to the gym with me every day. So I would, I would do whatever work I needed to get done, and then, you know. Practice at 11, she's in the car with me. We're heading to practice. And uh, one of the things that I saw, that, and it inspired a lot of the guys around me, was like, I was bringing my daughter. I'm coming into the gym like I'm, I'm a hobo, like with suitcases, like a playpen in one hand. And I'm, and I'm there, and my daughter's seeing me go through these practices and this training and all that. Now that she's older, she's three years old, you know, the minute I put on gym clothes, or active wear, just active wear. Fuck gym club. Active. She's like, Daddy, you gonna go work out? And she'll run and she'll pick up her two pound dumbbells and she'll start doing presses. And so now what I've what I've done now is um she got this weird addiction to juice, right? She wants apple juice all the time. So I'm like, if you want apple juice, you gotta do some sit-ups. <laughs> so I make her do some sit-ups to get some apple juice. But it's like her seeing her dad and her parents work out, her seeing them take care of the health. She knows that it's a lifestyle part, a part of life now at a very young age where she can, you know, she knows how to pick up a dumbbell. She knows that that's what you have to do to stay healthy and fit. And I think that's very important, not just for business, but for people and family. I think the more people 
bring your bring your goddamn kids to the gym. Some depending on what gym you're at, but right. let your kids see you do these things. The see this when they see your parents struggle and that physical struggle of exercise and you getting through it and the reward that you get at the end. That's important for kids to see because then they take it into their youth, to take it into their uh, adulthood. That you know you have to take care of yourself, and and yep. they will see the rewards when their mom and dad is around when they're 80 and they can walk and do everything without a walker or a cane or anything and their body's completely healthy. So I think it's very yeah. important. So sometimes people are like, it's so hard to get a workout and I have two kids. You know, take your fucking kid to the gym. If you can't take them to a good life, find a local gym that's a little bit more private where the owners are cool with that stuff because there are, they're everywhere, right? Like uh, one of the biggest inspirations for me is um, – when I was coming up in jiu-jitsu, there's a guy, Rico, at our gym. He would bring his two daughters, sit them down, and they would watch him and his wife train jiu-jitsu for however long the hell they wanted to say. Now, uh, like people are like, that's a lot of work. Well, now that guy and his wife have lifelong health and fitness skills that they develop, especially from martial arts over the years. Their daughters got to see that. They're an incredibly active family. Like When I see things that he posted, they're always doing stuff the daughters are in great shape they're not obese they're not fat they're always more and they're going to be productive members of society they're going to be role models for other girls to see that kind of stuff so one of the things i if anyone could take away is like let your kids see you do these things expose them to exercise and physical activity and sport as fucking early as you can because it's so valuable sorry go ahead yeah no i was gonna say you know what's funny though is like someone would look at that situation and they would say that couple's so selfish yeah. like why, why are they bringing their kids are you serious they're gonna sit there for an hour while that same person they're the same person that's sitting on the couch and their kids are like hey you know dad or mom can we can we go outside no like listen later man i'm, I'm tired right now like hey who's selfish Right. It's because exactly. and I, we have to change the story of our clients because that's the same thing. It's like, oh, my kids, I got to do this for your kids. And it's like, no, like your kids will be OK for an hour. Like even if you're working out outside, like yeah. let your family know that, like, this is important. This is mandatory that we need to do this. And then, like you said, like those kids are looking at their parents grinding, putting in work consistently. That tells them. Oh, that, that's part of life. That's what we're supposed to do instead of, oh, my parents are always sitting on the couch, you know, smoking, eating. drinking, watching TV, eating. That's what I'm supposed to do. So I feel like I say it all the time. I'm a selfish parent. Like I bring my kids to the gym. My son will sit there for an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half. And I'll say, listen, man, daddy's working out. You want to work out with me? I'll show you. Otherwise, you sit there for now. And then afterwards, okay, I'd be, it's time to be the dad and take care of everything they do. But yeah. unless we're healthy and we're taking care of ourselves, how the hell are we going to take care of them? Exactly. Well said. Well put. And uh, before we finish off, I want to ask you this important thing here. So uh, with the pandemic almost in the rear view, right? Uh, it's starting to, we're starting to see things open back up around the world. Um, and the narrative that has been pushed by the media that, Fitness is, you know, uh, a high risk place to be um, for your health right now with with the uh, uh, all the, all the virus, whatever the fuck, right? Um, 
And then the, also the narrative that people don't want to go back to the gym anymore because they're nervous, they're scared, um, and that fitness is in a rough spot. Like it's going to have a long road back. That's the narrative that people are pushing, which I don't agree with. How, uh, what is your view on, on that narrative? And is the recovery for the health and fitness industry going to be like that? Or is it just basically what it is, a narrative that is being pushed? Right, because I don't personally, I don't see, I see a big comeback for fitness because of all the things that have happened health-wise to people, mental health, obesity, children uh, have been sitting around for two years. I don't see that being a factor. I see some people being nervous, but as a as a as an owner, do you see that this narrative being true? Um, I feel like it's gonna have a huge surge. Like I, I mean, to be to be honest, we've already experienced it that. We have membership growing like crazy. Yeah. And what it's shown me is, man, people want community. They want a coach. They want socialization. Like that's part of our DNA as human beings is we love to be in a tribe. We yeah. love to be around other people. So it's like the fact that we've been forced to stay home and, you know, do this and do that and be, you know, six feet apart. It's like people are craving to be around each other. So you know, for all that, any gym owner, I guess, that maybe watches that, I can tell you firsthand that we're seeing so much people that want fitness and they want to be in that type of environment. So, um, again, it's been very encouraging that it shows us that, man, like, as long as we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to get a big wave of people. Are there people that are hesitant? Yeah, I think so. But for the most part, I feel like there's people that like they just don't care. <laughs> They're like, yo, I want to fucking be in a gym. Like, I want to work out. I do not care about this bullshit. But then there's other people that they're cautious. But for a lot of people, you know, they get their vaccine. They're like, hey, I got my vaccines. I feel comfortable. Cool. If you feel comfortable, <laughs> let's get back into the gym. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? And I think the one thing that this this thing has done that I, I do think is a good thing, it's provided different types of fitness. Yes. So I think now people realize I can work out at home. Wow. I could build a home gym and I could do this from home and I don't have to waste 30 minutes driving somewhere or, or whatnot. And for some people, that's amazing. And I'm happy that they found that other people found online training where it's like they value the accountability of a coach, maybe talking on the phone with a coach about their nutrition, the way their workouts are designed. Yeah. Maybe it's Peloton where they're on a bike and they're doing things virtually but a lot of people also realize, fuck, man, those things are not for me. Like yeah, I, I need, yeah. I need the in-person. So I think now the cool thing about it as a coach, as a business, there's different categories. What do you want to specialize in? What do, how do you want to serve your people? And if you obsess over what you can be great at, then you're going to have people come. Like I've seen a huge surge of online and I still like where our fundamental thing is in-person training. And I feel like that's always going to be something that people, um, people love and they're going to look for good yeah. places. Yeah. They want it. I think, you know, the one thing I'll say, Ashton, I think crappy, ugly looking places, those aren't going to be around anymore. I yeah. think the industry has changed now because of the whole clean and like man sanitization you, if you have a facility, your facility better look clean and it better look sharp. If it looks like it's like some grungy, like kind of spot, 
people are not going to vibe with that. I don't think so. At least the, the, the clientele that we're, we're, we deal with. No, I think you're hundred percent right. I think you got it. It's it changed fitness that it gave the different avenues. So people now have more of a selection, but the surge will always be there. And I, and I, like, I don't want to make it a, like this like, podcast, a like, crap on the media thing, but because fitness was always left in the last stage of every opening, in almost every country, not just Canada. In every country, fitness was kind of left. Fitness and sport and recreational sport was left to the last thing because it was deemed high risk, which it wasn't. There was many other businesses and many other sectors that were way more high risk than fitness because owners like yourself, owners like all my coaches, owners like me, took the time and took the extra money out of our pockets to make sure that our training services were safe. Safe for you to come. And it was... It's not been like that just because of the pandemic. It's always been like that. The good businesses always provide a safe, clean environment, which is why people are comfortable to come there. If your place, like you said, looks grungy yep. and shitty, well, newsflash, that was the reason why your business wasn't doing well in the first place. So I just want to leave people with this, right. this, this thought that, you know, just because you turn on the television and they say that, you know, this place is a high risk thing, that, that that's not the... Like, if you want to be fit and healthy, go to your gym. It's going to be safe. If you've gotten your shots or whatever, how I, that's a whole nother fucking argument politically. Go to your gym. It's going to be safe. There are people there that are going to take your um, your apprehension seriously. Like I'm sure some of your clients, same as mine clients, they're very careful, right? They still want to wear their mask and stuff and items, and that's fine. I don't care, but just come. We're here. We're ready to help you. We're ready to make you guys healthy and get you that community and that love and get that mental health back on track. Don't let the outside noise distract you to the fact that we're always going to be here and it's always going to be open and it's you're always going to be welcome. Because I think that that's a big thing that's going on right now where they make it seem like, you know, it's not the safe place to be. It is the best place you can be right now, in my opinion. And even just... Even just looking at the facts, right? When we talk about facts, there's there's things that are put out there like myths of oh, like gyms this, like we can go deep into that. I think that's a whole another <laughs> type of podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a whole another area. But like, if you just look at the basic information that's come out, like I, I've gone deep into this stuff. Like, literally ninety five percent of the people that have passed away from COVID the virus, they have four more pre-existing lifestyle conditions. So what does that tell you? Yeah. Fitness is, needs to be a primary thing in people's lives. It doesn't get spoken though in the media. It it isn't like, Hey guys, we need to work out consistently. Guys, you need to exercise. And I know what some people will say. Some people will say, well, yeah, you're right, but you can go work out at home, right? You can go work out outside, which is fine. Some people can but just like some people can only learn a certain way, some people can can only work out in a social environment when they have a coach, when they have these people. So why would we not allow those people to do that in a small environment, but we can Costco and we can go to the LCBO and line up 50 people to get alcohol, which, you know, makes our immune system even weaker, you know? Yeah. So there's so much different things. There's, even like the, the 78% of people that were hospitalized with COVID, it was due to basically being overweight. Yeah. Right. So like what we should be encouraging and telling people like crazy, like, yeah, guys, the gym 
a fitness program, your nutrition, these are all things that you should be looking to get involved that will not only help you related to COVID, but like they're going to change your life. Like we tell people in our program, they're literally going to make you better parents. It's going to make your relationship with your spouse feel better. And oftentimes the shit that you learn in the gym and you, you built upon, yeah, yeah that shape goes into your career where you just become a more valuable person as well. So again, big advocate, man. We got to get people in the damn gym, yo. <laughs> well, before, before I end this, this is, I'm, I'm looking at your, your fucking tweet right here, right? This is your tweet right here. I'm going to end it because I, I, I saw this today and I'm like, this is perfect way to fucking end it. A gym sells people memberships to work out. Training for Warrior Saga is about saving lives and helping somebody achieve transformational re results. Let that sink in. Yeah. Guys, that's the kind of fucking people you want in charge of your health and fitness. And, uh, and hey, man, thank you for coming on today. This was a great chat. I love, love your energy, man. Keep it up. And how can, um, how can people get a hold of you guys and check you out if they want to inquire about your services? Let them know. Yeah, so um, my personal one where I'm not as active on it, I just kind of – I just kind of post my workouts and you guys want to see me with my shirt off and shit. You can, you can follow <laughs> that. But that's at Corey Fernandez, but I'm really active at our, uh, at TFW saga. That's our, our business account where again, like we post lots of motivational content, giving you guys value. I often will do a live segment once a day. Um, but yeah, man, if you're really interested on, uh, if you're a working professional and busy parent that's interested in what we do, we would love to reach out and help you. If you're a fellow, you know, gym owner, if you're a fellow coach in the industry and like, again, maybe you have some questions um, about how we do things and how we've been able to, um, I would say, not only survive, but I feel very confident to say we've thrived during this pandemic. Man, I can try to give you as best help as I can because I think, like you said, it's not about like, essentially competing against each other and wishing bad like again in my market i want to be the best like i'm fucking hands down want to be the best but i also don't want to see anybody else fail you know and, and exactly. see them bad so it's like if anybody has anything they want to reach out or any asking questions i think it's always good to share and, and, and that's, what, that's what makes them a good professional that's what makes you a good coach and that's what i mean i i strive to do that too i i I don't want to suppress information because I want to make more money. I want to get it out there. I want people to, other coaches to learn. So that, that's a blood. That's uh, people. Please take him up on that offer because he was thriving. Same with me. I thrived during the pandemic because I learned to pivot. I I did things the way I needed to do to to not only survive but build. So feel free to always reach out to us if you're another professional and you a fitness professional and you want to learn stuff right and and that's the important part it's a community not just within our gyms but as a whole yeah well, thanks a lot for doing this today man uh it was a pleasure and we'll do it again we'll talk some more other shit another time right another time brother all right man all right